Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Good afternoon, everyone. Two minutes past 12. Welcome to the show. Kimbo on the Reach with you for the next two hours. An early start today as we'll be crossing live to India for the start of the third test at Indoor. Can we level the series? I'm not sure what the odds would be on that. Let's welcome the Reach. Party people! Rooch, here he is. Rooch, here he is. Hey. Rooch, shaka laka shaka. Hello, Richie Rooch. Can, can we get a test Rooch. match that goes five days, Kim, like England and New Zealand do? <laughs> I know, that was a classic. That was one for the ages. Uh, sure, sure. Surely after two tests and all the issues, well, they've had a fair few issues, the Aussies. They can just get it right for one test and then build from there. Well, you'd like to think so. I would hope so, Kim. You wouldn't like to have your hard-earned on it, Rooch, would you? Well, you're well, you losing wouldn't. all your hard-earned. You're on a higher tax bracket now, aren't you? Oh, you're not happy, are you? Yeah, don't be ridiculous, Rooch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good show coming up. Um, we've got, uh, what do we got, four guests coming up today, wow. Rooch. Wow, busy so show. I've, I've got to get used to these new times. This could be interesting. I stuffed up most things yesterday. Uh, 12.20, we'll have a chat to Sammy Edmund, SEN Chief Footy Reporter. What's going on at headquarters? Yeah, we're getting closer maybe to a decision and a replacement on Gil McLaughlin. Mind you, I gave the answer last year in, what was it, October, November? before we left? Your cousin Andrew, Andrew Dillon. Andrew Dillon. The new yeah, it looks like it's going to be very much in-house, doesn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Or Brendan Gale. Is that in-house? Yeah, I would love Brendan Gale. Within I, the I, think they, I think it's time the AFL does get that different set of eyes and in particular someone who has been in club football recently. Mm. Now, I took great interest when News Corp did its you know, power list of who the most important people are in footy. You know, they do those rankings. That little dig at Richard Goiter, uh, the mm. AFL Commission Chairman, and you, you sense that Jeff Brown at Collingwood's leading this, that they're not happy with Richard's direction of the game. They want it. And, and then I saw um, Martin Flanagan's piece at the weekend in The Age where he's really hit on the AFL about their lack of strength on the issue of Tasmania. And, you know, Martin's very passionate about Tasmania belongs in the AFL. It's We're part going to of our talk national to region. Sam about that. Look, so, Rich, you've been uh, saying for a while, it's going to happen. It will Tassie, happen. Yeah, no, yeah. but I, to get back to the key point, is it time that we got someone who has had his skin in club footy rather than someone who's been at headquarters under Gillen's watch for well, he has, a decade? Well, he has our vote, but I don't think it's going to happen, Rooch. From yeah. everything that I've been hearing mm. for some time now, it looks like Andrew Dillon could be the man, but you never know. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Sammy about that, Tassie, Alistair Clarkson as well, and we still don't have a jam of footy. That's bizarre, isn't it? Particularly Darren, when I'm going to last ask night. about Darren Chandler. I thought he was evasive when we spoke to him, the CEO of the Sandful. I'll tell you who wasn't evasive was Chris Davies when he was asked. Well, he's committed. Absolutely. He, he he put a bigger flat bat on that than he ever did when he played for the Shield. Yeah, well, he's got a lot on the next three years. You're, you're, oh, you're yes. You've got three flags you'll win in a row. The dream's do. still alive. I hope they do, Kim. It well, if you get one, sweet. I know. If you get one, <laughs> it's still alive. Do you know, I'm, I'm a bit confused on this one. Does the f- three flags also include AFLW? Can you mix them? Or does it have to be AFL? I've never had that cleared up, Kim. Well, I think it was directed at AFL, I think Rich. it was. Kim. I think it was. But, but I'm, I'd sure, take an I'm, AFLW sure too. I'm sure you'll twist that. I'll take an AFLW Yeah, well, as long as you don't take Ash Woodland from Adelaide, that's, okay? That's starting. It's begun. We'll get to that very shortly. Sammy Edmund at 12.20 at 12.32. Spencer Johnson. Interesting oh, story. The new Don Bradman. <laughs> well, Spencer has 
grandparents, or one of, well, he has, no, he has many grandparents, doesn't he, uh, who has Italian heritage, mm-hmm. like Sir Donald Bradman did, so he qualifies to play for Italy. Italy in Look at you just rolling cricket. that out as if it was common knowledge. Uh, you, only, you only found out an hour ago. No, no, I've known about Bradman for you ages. You did not. No, the Bradman story's been out for ages. You were sitting there Googling Italians that have no, played cricket. No, but I've known about Bradman for really? a Oh, absolutely. Well, it must have jolted your memory then. Because no, but that's why I went through. I going... wanted to find everyone, because I remember Joe Scuderi. He well, actually I said, became a captain coach of Italy. Yeah, right? I said Mike Valletta. You poobard yeah. that one. Well, no, he didn't play for Italy. I didn't say... No, but he was Italian heritage. Yeah, but we were arguing, did, was he, did he... Did he play? We were looking for people who had played for Italy. So Scuderi did. He's Michael DiVenuto? I don't think he played for Italy, though, okay. did he? I thought, you, I thought you were just searching people of Italian heritage. No, I wanted to find out if, if Spencer plays for Italy, had mm. anyone else done so. Now, we all remember Scuderi did. Captain well, coach for a while. We're going to chat to Spencer about a game taking place tomorrow. That's South Australia taking on Queensland at the Gabba. It gets underway at 10.30. Of course, he's a Redbacks quick, even though he's playing for the Brisbane Heat in the BBL. Well, mm. he did. That gets confusing, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, keeping control alive. Like, it was very confusing. Ferg Ferg for, yeah, yeah. Who did he play for? Well, the, he, which one of the Sydney teams? He captain the uh, red one. <laughs> the red one. Yeah, okay. Not uh, the orange one. I get confused. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, we'll be heading over to India. Indoor. Indoor. Uh, that's the name of the... Uh, City, yep. uh, and having a chat with Bharat Sundarasan to have a look at the world, uh, sorry, the third test that gets underway. Uh, it'll be interesting what the Aussie lineup will be. I don't know if he can shed any light on it. Steve Smith, captain again. Then at one thirty-five, uh, Roach, we'll be chatting to Matt Rendell, the AFL list guru. Mm. He'll be giving us his top five for this year's Coleman Medal. So we're going to throw it out there. Get onto our. We've got a Twitter poll. Is it up, Benny? Should be. Yeah, he's giving me the thumbs up. Uh, Give us who will be your top four, well, top three we're going, and then we're putting others in. So we've put up on the Twitter page, mm. Charlie Kerno, because he's the man who has the Coleman from last yep. year. So we've got his name there. Uh, Tom Lynch at Richmond's going to be a big contender again, isn't yep. he? We debated Jeremy Cameron or Tom Hawkins at Geelong. We went Cameron. Yep. And then we've left you to nominate whoever else now. You've so got Aaron Norton. Aaron Norton. Charlie Dixon. Taylor Walker. Taylor Walker. There's plenty out there. Uh, Joey Danaher, the King brothers. No, only one at the moment. Well, one, sorry. Yeah, one, sadly. Isn't that... So uh, that will be Ben, because you get confused yes. with him. Who's been he, missed, for? he missed last who's been, year. Who's been played for? Gold Coast. Yep, well done. And Max has got the shoulder at St Kilda. Well done, Roach. Mm. Hey, we're going to go to a break really quickly. We're yep. basically on time for once. Oh, miracle. Um, yeah, already that poll that's up on Twitter, yep. uh, 25% are saying Charlie Kerno. Again. Jeremy Cameron, yep. 22%. Tom Lynch, 13 mm. Other, 40%. People have named Darcy Fogarty. Could be. And he could be could as be. well. All right, we need to get to Sammy Edmund on time, so we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we'll go round the grounds, Roach. There's a little bit happening in the AFL. This yes. is Kimbo and the Roach. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roach. I'm out of control, Roach. Tying yourself up in knots. Yeah, I had a tangle in my headset. I tried to straighten it and I pulled it straight out of the connection. But I'm reconnected. Well done. Thank you. Text coming through. We're live and interactive. Uh, 0427-154-166. This is from Phil. Hey, boys. Nice to hear you on early. Thank you, Phil. Looking forward to when you guys get Ash Woodland on. 
I think the rivalry is going to jump up a notch. Her crossing the divide is massive. Huge. Well, it's not done yet, Phil. It's not done. Where there's smoke. Where there's smoke, it can just... What is it? Just... No, just, I don't think the MFS is coming to clean that one up like smol- they did yeah, with it the. It just could smolder, with the smolder into nothing. That's the word I was looking for. Oh well, for. it's it's underway now for these special signings. Well, let's go around. Already the had ground. the first one. And now it's called the uh, PSP Priority Signing Period. Yeah. So Chloe Malloy, she announced last week that she mm-hmm. wanted to go from Collingwood and Sydney. The paperwork was in within 15 minutes of the. Was it? I'm going to get confused. The priority signings. Yeah, the PSP. Yeah. Call it the PSP. Roach. Priority signings. So she is the first, and there are a few in the pipeline, yeah, such but, as well, Ash Woodland from Adelaide to Port well, Adelaide. It's not necessarily happening, is it? Well, something's happening, Kim. Well, they've approached her. Stay tuned. All right. We'll keep you all across that. Right. Uh, the AFL have announced uh, some slight change to oh. their tribunal you guidelines. Know, you know what they've done, Kim? And, and that probably was necessary because we went through so many tribunal issues last year where we got confused or we had the Patrick Cripps one at the end where it just seemed to be out of whack. You remember Gillian McLaughlin said it shouldn't have happened. So Yeah, he was filthy on he that. He was very much yeah, so. Well, so I, don't, they, I don't think it was reportable. So they've gone through every loophole or revisited every paragraph of their tribunal guidelines to see what they really want. Now, the significant ones that we will see different this year if you push a player into the umpire's path or hold a player so he then makes contact with an umpire, you're the one who's going to be held responsible. So that wasn't in there before. Mm-hmm. The other one that's been cleaned up, you know how you and I have looked at videos over the years and said, oh, well, hang on, he's clipped more the shoulder than the head. Yep. Well, now they're going to redefine high contact even if it's high on the body. So if most of it is to the body rather than the head, that's still going to be regarded as high contact. Spare so they've me. redefined Spare that. me. The other oh, one so that, why don't they rewrite the rules then? You can't well, do, they a do hip, and, uh, hip and shoulder reach because that shoulder is high. Well, well this is what the tribunal's having to work. The other one oh, is... Oh, no, it's, uh, it's messy. It's, it's, it's messy. It's messier. <laughs> Can open worms everywhere. That's what right, we'll be saying, yeah. Roach. The other one, uh, the, guy, the current rules say about, you know, when you'd make front-on contact, if the player has his... Head over the ball. Mm-hmm. Now it's if he's it defines that he's looking down onto the ball. Now it he can have his head over the ball, but not looking down. That's going to be considered front on contact. The old days of when you just slapped open hand. That's now striking. That is now defined as striking. And then there's a heap of legal ones about procedural, what videos you can use and can't use. So there's a heap of loopholes that have been well, cleaned be up. This goes for pay. if you want to fall asleep late at night and you're having trouble because milk doesn't work for you because you spoil it with coffee so badly, <laughs> you can read these 12 pages and you will fall asleep by page Well, four. I'm sure we'll have to revisit those 12 pages. Oh, no, we'll be doing that all year, season. no doubt. All right, we're no going to jump into another break so we can get to Sammy Edmund yep. and at least get five or six minutes with him because he's got a bit to tell us. Mm. We're live and interactive. You can have your say, 0427154166. And we are here at Studio Lumo SA. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 
12.23 on a Wednesday afternoon. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. I felt sick in the stomach. There's no problem with matches at Port Adelaide. Oh, they burn, that they smoke, burn, burn, that, burn. That smoke regarding Ash Woodland. Uh, Phil just sent through a text saying uh, that it's being reported on the AFLW website by Riley Beveridge that she's given a verbal commitment, Ash Woodland, to Port Adelaide. We thought it was probably going to happen. I was holding. You on. didn't want it to happen. No, of course has, I didn't. She's a very mar- she's a good player and she's very marketable. Yep. But uh, it looks like uh, Ash Woodland has given a verbal commitment to Port Adelaide and she will be playing for Port Adelaide this year. That spices up that rivalry. It makes me sick, Roach. Why? Poor Adelaide's defenceless just because they're a good side. That's now they've got to give up, the game up works. to four players. The way the game works. Because they're looking for equality in the competition. Let mm. the bottom sides work their way up. Do it the hard way. They didn't want to come in the competition to start with, Roach. Oh, here we go. All right. Rant finish. Let's go to Sammy Edmund. He's a little more balanced. He's the chief footy writer and reporter for SEN. And yes. he's across all the big yeah. issues. Happy New Year, Sammy. Oh, Kimbo, Roach, I was starting to get nervous. I was oh, you, something you, I said, yeah. will they have me back? And to my <laughs> great relief, we yeah. have been reunited on this. The first day of autumn on the eve of another ripping AFL season, I'm sure. Yeah, there's a bit happening. I'm still in shock that Ash Woodland's going to leave the Crows to go to Port Adelaide. The crosstown rivalry has just gone up a notch. Um, let's talk about some bigger issues, though, and that's being respectful to the girls' competition. Um, Gil McLaughlin, who's going to replace him? Oh. Gee, there's so many huge pillars of the game to fall this year, isn't there? There's the Tassie team, which I'm sure we'll get to. There's the Hawthorne racism investigation, which is ongoing and going and going. The new mm. CBA, and as you say, the new CEO. I mean, I think this has been pushed out now again, guys. So I know a lot of us, at least journos, you know, those of, uh, on my side of the fence have probably um, speculated for a while that Gil could stay longer again. I mean, if it was up to Richard Gore to the chairman, he'd stay forever. Yeah. That won't be the case, of course, but... Beyond at least the last stipulated exit date, which was round five's gather round in your part of the world in April, it's now widely, I'd say, expected, anticipated, believed anyway among the clubs I've spoken to in the last couple of days that Gil definitely stays beyond that and, in fact, well into the year and the season. There's just too much happening. I guess the next big checkpoint for him, for the game, is the federal government, which will be Mm. huge for Tasmania, obviously, in early May, perhaps uh, May the 9th. So that's so, going to happen. The federal government will put their hand in the pocket. The Tasmanian government will put their hand in. And the AFL will put their hand in. And there'll be a new stadium in Hobart. Yeah, I mean, I've always believed and said that I, I think it'd be a when, not an if, when, when the Albanese government commits, which is now around $240, $250 million to a company. The Tasmanian government's monstrous $375 million. And the AFL have $15 million set aside for that as well to build this 23,000-seat roof stadium at Hobart's Macquarie Point. So May's the next uh, hurdle, if you like. Now, Gil was in Tassie recently. He obviously promised that $360 million of funding over 10 years, with a big if being if the new stadium is green lit. Now, you might, I'm not sure if you've seen this, guys. Yesterday, Gil McLaughlin, through AFL or Tasmanian Football, released a, an open letter, if you like, to the Tasmanian football community. And he, he started off this letter by acknowledging, you know, the long-held dream and how they're getting so close now. But... He goes into detail on the need for a new stadium, which, as we know, has been the big sticking point since forever. And, and Gil writes in this letter that Tasmania needs to have a new stadium, a world-class facility that will be the epicentre, Gil says, of a broader renewal development at Macquarie Point. The AFL clubs have made it clear that they won't support a new licence without a stadium. And he goes on to write, Gil, that the new stadium that players want to play at, coaches want to coach at, accommodating the travelling fans from interstate with a fan experience they're accustomed to, would underpin the success of the club. And he says, 
This Tasmanian club needs to be positioned to thrive from the start and long into the future, not set up to fail. And he yeah. makes a point of mentioning as well, guys, that new or fully redeveloped stadiums, he says, were the prerequisite for the Suns and the Giants prior to their entry. He said this is not and has never been just a Tasmanian requirement. Um, so he, he goes on to say as well that in recent years, the, the AFL have, have seen profound impact in the new and redevelopment venues um, have had in Perth and Adelaide, despite what he says was initial strong opposition to those projects locally. So as we know, Optus Stadium, Adelaide Over, where you guys are, have been the source of great pride for the people of WANSA. So he just keeps coming back to major economic growth, jobs, tourism, entertainment outcomes, and, and the boosting of local industry. So he makes no apologies for that. Sam, let's cut to the issue that's burning in club land on who will be the AFL chief executive replacing Gillan McLaughlin. Can they go internally and just keep the ship rolling as it has with Andrew Dillon? Or is it time that they do open up to Brendan Gale and say it is a prerequisite now that someone who sits in that chair understands what the clubs are going through? Well, I think Andrew Dillon would know what the clubs are going through. Has he worked in clubland? No. Mm. And obviously Tom Harley's another name that's been uh, bandied around for a long period of time who's done a great job up there at, at Sydney as well. So, look, the answer is I don't know what way they're going to go. I don't think anyone knows what way they're going to go. It's been incredibly tightly held, other than the fact it has dragged on and on and on. And we'll, we'll get to the GM of football position in a moment because they're obviously mm. intertwined. Um I don't know where they are with it. Uh, What's the greater need at the moment? Can they continue down the path that they've been on or do they need to get someone who's had the skin in the club uh, game recently? I, no, I think they can continue on the path that they've been on. I, I, I think that. I don't think it would be a, a, a disaster by any stretch if they were to go with with Andrew Dillon. Is he the logical successor like Gil was when Andrew Dimitri yeah. left? No, perhaps not. Mm. And, and it's such a... I mean, it, you struggle to get your head around the enormity of the, the job and the position and, and everything that it, it entails. But no, I think he'd be, I think he'd be, um, I think he'd be a, a suitable appointment. Of course he would be. Um, without being privy to the conversations uh, around um, who might come in from the outside, um, we've just got to wait and see on that. I, I think the GM of football role is something that has really um, not unsettled the clubs, but they've been a bit surprised at, at, at the, uh, I guess, the delay in that as well. But what has now become clear is that that position isn't going to be filled, uh, and of course it was vacated by Brad Scott, isn't mm. going to be filled until after the CEO position. So I think it's right to assume, guys, that whoever does replace Gillan McLaughlin, that will be his or her appointment to yeah. own um, the enough. GM of football. Oh, so they've, they've settled, yeah, I mean, they've settled on half a dozen names there. They, they, they developed a, a shortlist in January. Some of those names we know, uh, Jimmy Bartell, uh, Nathan Buckley. Uh, my understanding is Jordan Lewis has been approached as well. Okay. But there hasn't been much movement since then. And, and the structure of it is important as well. So whether they're going to continue with the shared portfolio, which is why they're able to make changes that they're doing at the moment with the tribunal and the like, because Laura Kane's there. Andrew Dillon was overseeing that department anyway that included Brad Scott. You know, they've moved on, obviously, from, from the... From the from the Steve Hawking situation, where where one person had to do absolutely everything, so that that's why they're able, I guess, at least able to tread water in the, in the interim. I'll throw in another name, Darren Chandler, who's the CEO of the Sandfield. We'll just keep an eye on that one as a bit of a smoky. Hey, we're coming up to the twelve thirty news. We're late, in fact, but just a quick one on Alistair Clarkson. They say uh, any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Uh, has he had yeah. good publicity recently? Uh, no, certainly not good publicity. Although. I reckon it's 50-50 the feedback on this. From the moment we, we yeah. did the initial story 
all the way through, at least here at SEN, I think it's 50-50 split between you just can't behave like that anymore mixed with, well, journos have got to get what they give sometimes as well and, and mm. for lack of a better phrase, harden up. Now, I'm very much in the former. I think I think society has moved on a long way from, from the sort of behaviour that we, we witnessed from Alistair Clarkson at the start of the month. But um, we've heard the man, and this is how he was privately when he went into Channel 9 on the day. It was an apology... But then it was an apology that sort of morphed into more of, well, what am I actually apologising for? Mm. And your industry needs to have a good hard look at itself. So um, it's going to be such a fascinating watch Alistair Clarkson at North Melbourne this year because one thing's for sure, guys, he ain't changing. No, there's probably a bit of truth on both sides of the argument there, Sammy. I reckon you'd agree with that. Journos don't always get it right as well in terms of the way they approach people. No, well, I think the issue for North Melbourne on this particular day was they had a different type of journalist there and mm. a different type of doorstop. Now, because this was a criminal and is a criminal matter, yep. they didn't get the football journos down there. They got the court reporters, the, the crime reporters, and their method of doorstopping, if you like, quite unquote, was a lot more aggressive, a lot more thoughtful. And uh, and I think that probably put some people at North Melbourne back on their heels a bit on the day. But did they do anything inappropriate? Is it is it inappropriate to ask a question of someone? No. Did they go about it a little bit more assertive than what someone like myself or anyone else in industry mm. in the foot industry would have, perhaps? But surely you can't be coming back out and, and, and behaving like that if you're if you're Alistair Clarkson. That, that's where I sit with it anyway. Very balanced, Sammy, and very comprehensive. We really appreciate your time. We know how busy you are. We look forward to chatting to you right throughout the season. Good on you, Sammy. I'm relieved, boys. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Sammy Edmund, he's a ripper. SEN Chief uh, Footy Reporter. I'll get your views on that a little later, Roach, because we're late for the three, or oh, sorry, the 12.33 news. I don't know what I'm saying. We're late for the 12.30 news anyway. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roach. on a Wednesday afternoon. Kimbo on the Roots, we're live and interactive. The text line is 0427 154 166. Roots, some breaking news regarding Willie Rioli. Missed training on Monday for what was described as a sore throat and is now being sent to Adelaide back to his digs here because of his illness, so he won't play in that trial game against Fremantle on Thursday, tomorrow. Okay. So well, that's fair enough. If you're crook, there's no good no, being be over there. The yep. And a lumber of text coming through. Roach talking about Ash Woodland going over to Port Adelaide. Looks like it's going to happen. Dave mm. from Mount Barker said, is Roach, also known as Mr. 95%, is he 95% sure that Woodland will be coming across the port? 99.9%. 99. 99.9%. I hope it falls over that one. All right, let's talk cricket Ooh. now. There's a big game for the Redbacks tomorrow when they take on Queensland and the Sheffield Shield game up at the Gabba. Gets underway at 10.30. Our next guest has a good story. Roochie's on fire lately. Yep. Uh, Adelaide Quick, Spencer Johnson joins us. Spencer, thank you for your time. Hey, thanks for having me, boys. How are we? Yeah, we're good. How are you travelling? Life's pretty good to you at the moment. You managed to get into the BBL with uh, with Brisbane. How was that experience? Yeah, that was obviously pretty cool. Um, coming up to, to Brizzy and uh, pretty grateful for the opportunity that the Heat gave me and um, was lucky enough to get on. We sort of got on a bit of a roll there and won a few and played in a final in front of 50-something thousand. That, that was pretty special. Uh, you did it. In a unique way, though, didn't you? You had to earn your spot. Tell us about how that unfolded. Um, well, yeah, I've had a bit of a unique journey. Um, 
as a as a youngster, as a early early twenties, um, my body probably let me down, I guess. Um, and then sort of four or five years later, um, I'm sort of at the other side now and um, enjoying my cricket. So, but you went through to the KFC T20 Max competition, and that's where you were spotted. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So early September, maybe late August, they Queensland were running a uh, just a grade comp, um, mm. just playing some some T20s over a couple of weekends, and I saw that and thought I, I better get up there and um, get some, a fresh set of eyes on me, and I uh, was lucky enough to get uh, a contract on the back of a few performances in in that. Um, competition. One day you're one of the Queensland heroes and now you're the man who could hopefully hopefully pull them apart for the Redbacks to keep us in the hunt for the Sheffield Shield final, Spencer. Yes, I'm looking forward to getting back at the Gabba. Um, <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it's a big game for us, um, but yeah, a lot of the boys playing are my Heat teammates and I've got along with them well, so it should be interesting to see how we go. Spencer, can you take us through the mathematics of what the Redbacks have to do to make the final? You got two games to go. Can you um, one? Well, for us, we're just focusing on winning this one and, and the next one at Carrumroll, and then uh, potentially we might need a few results to go our way. But okay. if we win the next two, we're, we're 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 a good chance. So you're on a roll. You have the two wins, and then you play Victoria. How did you sum up what changed against Victoria to put you back on the loss column? Um, well, we. I thought we were pretty good with the ball. We um, to, to bowl them out for 169 yep. at the junction, which is normally pretty flat. Uh, we were pretty happy at T on day one, and then um, they've obviously bowled quite well, and they had us five for it um, at stumps on day one and put us back behind the eight ball. Um, but yeah, I think we can we can be pretty happy with how how we bowled, and mm. um, the, the batters have definitely take a few learnings into the into tomorrow's game. Spencer, how's the team taken Henry Hunt's decision to step away from the captaincy? How did that play out in front of you? Yeah, well, for Hunty, it's a it's a pretty big decision for him to. Mm. It's obviously a great honour to to lead to lead the state, and I just I think he felt like he wasn't um, doing everything he can with with his own performances, and was um, so it was a yeah, mature decision for him to to step down. So Jakey Lehman steps in as the captain, the big mustaka. Hey, uh, where's Agar's being managed uh, for this upcoming Shield match? It's a really important game. That's a, that's a big move. Yeah, for for Wesley, he's only missed one domestic fixture this whole year. So that was a BBL game. So he's played absolutely everything. Um, he's just having a rest, and then he'll he'll join up with us for the the one day final. Um, but we've obviously bring Brendan Doggett into the squad, who's been in test squads, and um, his, his body's good, so he comes in, and um, yeah, we're, we're feeling pretty confident. Now we're going to get the Roach to speak the the next few questions in uh, Italian. Away you go, Roach. No, no, I won't do that. <laughs> How are you with Italian, Spencer? Because you <laughs> might need it shortly. Yeah, don't embarrass me there, Roach. No, but, I don't think um, I will do that. I think I've, <laughs> I've um, it's definitely something I should probably. Uh, Start thinking about learning. That's for sure. Well, I got so, a, I've got a line. I know one line, Reach. Oh, uh, here we De- go. Deanna Get Williams. ready for this. Deanna Spence, Williams. He's, uh, he's done this one for yeah, thirty years. Yeah, Deanna Williams. When I was working with her at Channel Nine as an Italian, and <laughs> she told me, uh, "Now I've got to get it right. Uh, voglio fare." No, I can't look at you, Reach, when I say this. <laughs> voglio fare l'amore con te. It's I want to make love to you. So look, if you're over in Italy, it might help you. 
He's died of a heart attack. Have we lost him? Have we lost him right on <laughs> He's gone in shock. <laughs> He's maybe maybe I said it with too much meaning, Rich. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, well, that is a crack way to say it, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I wouldn't be saying it's Spencer. No, I didn't, and I looked away. I didn't look at you either. Well, we've lost him. Let how did time. Deanna react? Well, she taught me how to say it. Oh. Yeah, and I've remembered it. And, uh, and we're how? going to go to it. Wait, no, we got right. him back. You were in shock then, yeah, Spencer. Back Spencer. You, were in you didn't, shock you then, didn't drop you? dead. I wasn't saying, did you hear what I actually said? No, I missed it. I missed it. Well, look, did, be careful Here when you goes. say it. This is the only Italian I know. It's voglio fare uh, l'amore conte. It's yeah. I want to make love to you. You've got but no accent at all. Well, I don't want to try and sell it. I'm talking about <laughs> three men in the room. Come on, Spencer, tell us the story here. Now, you have a grandparent of Italian heritage. There's the T20 World Cup that opens up for you in July. How's this going to play for you? Um, well, it's obviously exciting to play any form of international cricket. Um, when I when it sort of first come across across me with Ben Menente, he was the one that mentioned it. Yeah. Um, he qualifies as well, he was, doesn't he? Quite, yeah, yeah, he's got his passport, and we're we're both hopefully in Scotland in July. We've just seen the schedule, and it, um, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. But yeah, any any opportunity to play some international crickets um, mm. would be yeah pretty cool. So, do you have the passport as well? Yep, yeah, yeah, I've got my passport and citizenship, so um, I think I'm on the. I got a vote this year, which um, <laughs> so it should be interesting. Yes, well, it's interesting. Some of the names in the team, your captain coach is Gareth Berg. That doesn't sound too Italian. Yeah, Berg. He's from South Africa, and he's played uh, he's probably ten, fifteen years of county cricket. So he's yeah. he's experienced. Um, and there's there's obviously a few other names there. Hey, Spencer, great to catch up Mm. with you. We wish you all the very best against Queensland tomorrow. Let's hope it's an outright victory and we want the Redbacks into a final because uh, they've been struggling in recent years and we're due. Well, they're in the one-day final. Yeah, I know, but this is Shield, Rich. Good luck, Spencer. Yes, thank you. Oh, he's gone. You look good in blue. Good luck with that um, line that I taught him. Rich? Voglio fare l'amore con te. Don't look at me like that. I'm going to a break. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Twelve 12.50 on a Wednesday afternoon, Kimbo and The Rooch with you. You can have your say on 0427154166. We'll be crossing to India just after 1pm. Bharat Sundarasan, world cricket guru, to have a look at the third test, which gets underway in indoor. And Maddie Rendell, AFL list guru, we posed the question... And it's on our Twitter handle as well. He'll give us his uh, top five in the Coleman medal. And we've got the poll going at the moment, Rooch. We could only put up four choices. So we went Charlie Curnow, last year's Coleman medalist. Yep. Tom Lynch, Richmond. And Jeremy Cameron. And then we put other. Now, there's been a lot of uh, other is winning at the moment at 37%, Rooch. Harry McKay's received quite a few mentions, and rightly so. Darcy Fogarty's received a few, and Eric Hipwood has as well. Or Hipwood at Brisbane, yeah. But no Joey Danaher. Or Aaron Norton at the Bulldogs. Yeah, here, well, they, they, they three-team him, they do. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, Charlie Kernow on 25%, Jeremy Cameron 25%, Tom Lynch 13%. Get onto our Twitter mm, handle. It'll be an interesting race, yeah, but they can... won't get to 100, will they? Doesn't happen anymore. No, I wouldn't have thought so, Rich. No more.
No, Blighty thought with the 666 and uh, the standing on the mark, it may happen. Probably Geelong came up with the best model, didn't they? Where two prominent forwards in Hawkins and Cameron and that third in Stengel repeats Franklin, Roughhead, Rioli, doesn't it? That's a good model. They it's a good in, model. They didn't invent roots. No, I'm just saying. They, I'm just saying it's a good model. Going on since Adam was a boy. Yes, I'm just saying it's a good model. Goes back to um, oh, who was it with Brisbane with uh, Brown, Brown Lynch, Lynch, and um, oh, they had um, oh, the other forward, uh, Daniel Bradshaw, was it? Bradshaw was very yeah, Bradshaw good. was mm. was there as well. Hey, um, Roots, just repeating the news. Uh, it started today. The AFLW PSP priority signing period. Chloe Malloy has gone from Collingwood to Sydney. Expected. It has been confirmed that uh, there's been a verbal, I believe, agreement, agreement between Ash Woodland from the Crows to go to Port Adelaide. So that'll give you a forward line, Roots, of Gemma Houghton and Ash Woodland, which is pretty good. Will they keep Aaron Phillips there or not? I think they should. Yeah. I think they should. That's her position. Uh, text come through. John from Prospect. Hi, guys. Poor Ash. Now she won't even get a kick. Port struggled to get the ball in the forward line, let alone kick a goal. Well, it's her first year, Johnny. But she won't find it easy. Well, I think for Adelaide, I think Rich, they were that bad in inside 50s last year. They didn't finish it off too well, though. But I think they no, it came out fairly easily. Yeah. yeah, I haven't got the stats on that. We did try and Once find they lost Gemma Houghton, that really did make it difficult for well, them. Well, that was their focal point. Yep. I think Adelaide have already made... Replacement, a young girl called Montana McKinnon, who's played in the ruck. Ruck, yeah. Uh, she was dropped a few times, taller than Ash Woodland, yep. better hands in the air, mm. not so sure about the kicking. Uh, Ash is a very good kick, so that's big news. It is. All right, there's been a few press conferences around the nation, Roach. A lot of talk about Sam Berry from the Adelaide Crows, uh, having a fat year he'll have this year. Uh, this is him on having Sloney back in the side. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, he's such a good person to play with. Um, just his voice and his presence, um, I think we missed. So it was great to have him out there and just his communication uh, on field. Um, and he's really leading by example as well. So it's great to have him back. A lot of accolades for Sloaney. Oh, well, he's loved as mm. the former captain. Should be too. And the fact that he's made a successful comeback so far. It should right. go on for Crow supporters, do you think he can hold a position all year on the wing? That surprised so what's, me. What's going to be the challenge there? His leg speed. Leg speed, isn't it? Yeah. Not his commitment. Not his no. eagerness to get involved in tackling or chasing down opponents. But yeah, the. But then there've been many. How would he go trying to keep who haven't up been with fast, it? Kim? Yeah. They've How, been smart. No, but that's different in the midfield when there's a lot of congestion. How would he go trying to keep okay. up? That's what I'm. Yeah, he's not on a wing reach. Oh, true. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like Ed Langdon, how would Sloaney go trying to keep up there. and down the ground with Get someone like there. that? That's where he could get exposed. Yeah. Uh, this is Sammy Berry on playing Frio this Friday. Yeah, good, really good. I think um, after kind of a solid pre-season, um, I think most of the boys have pulled up pretty well and starting to get used to this uh, kind of in-game kind of schedule we've got going. Yeah, definitely. I think we're all really looking forward to it. I think we've got a bit sick of playing against each other. So, um, yeah, starting to get into the fun stuff. So Taylor Walker plays for the first time. Mm -hmm. So we'll get to see what this Adelaide attack looks like. So at this point, lock in Taylor Walker, don't you? Lock in Darcy Fogarty. Riley Thilthorpe, how do they well, use him? Well, when we say that we'll get a chance to look at it, it's no different to last year. Oh, it's there's just, a few no, extra dimensions, isn't there? there? There's not. Well, there is. If Sloan becomes a half forward, you've got Rankin. How does he work into well, it? So there is some extra dimension to it. Sorry, I thought you were talking the tall Tim. No, no, I'm there. talking about the whole structure. The, yeah. whole, the whole show 
in well, that McAdams your X factor. Yep. He's the Mitch McGovern going back to 16 to 17. Mm. Uh, I think we'll see Rochelle and Rankin mm. alternating between the midfield, which is good. Sloan half forward rather than wing. Uh, well, that's what everyone was talking. Mm. But uh, if he can hold down a wing, and that would be that, something. That, that's a that's a win. And the one player you don't there. want to see there is Miller, do you? No, I want to see him at half back. Exactly. Um, but the problem is with the tools because I don't think you can have the four on the side. So Himmelberg, where does he go? What's well, like that text we had the other day? Is Riley O'Brien your man? Mm, interesting. He gets first crack at it. Uh, this is Sam Berry on the slow start against uh, Fremantle. They were awful the first 15 minutes. They got smashed in the midfield. I was sitting there yelling at the TV, get the mixture right. Put Jordan How Lewis does that in go the middle. When you yell at the TV? Uh, not very good. Jordan no. Dawson, rather, in the middle. <laughs> uh, but you need to vent, Rooch. Right. I think we're just caught a little bit behind, maybe just that you know, quarter of a percent, but it's all it takes, especially against a team like Freo, that um, I guess when you sit off them a little bit, they're pretty sharp with the ball. Got a lot of comedians out there, Roach. We've got our poll running. Who'll win the, <laughs> who win the gold medal? Gold medal. <laughs> uh, it's still at Charlie Kernow, 25%. Jeremy Cameron, 25%. Tom Lynch, 13 Other, 37 And honourable mentions. And then this text has come through. <laughs> On zero four two seven one five four one double six, Jack Higgins will win the Coleman Medal. Well, that's a legitimate question. Could a small forward win the Coleman Medal? Who would be the front runners in that field? Well, this was being discussed when Eddie Betts was at his prime. Stengel is the front runner in mm-hmm. that field. Yeah, he can if, certainly if be high up in those time rankings. There. Yeah. If Arazio could play a whole season, oh, give me I'm not 18, sure he'd get that. Give me medal. that eighteen game guarantee. Yeah. I'm not sure work. he could uh, get that many. Charlie Cameron. Mm. Um, Tommy Cole from the West Coast Eagles was interviewed today. He had a presser. Uh, he was talking about standing the Crows' small forwards this week. Um, yeah, it was, it was different. Um, he's a very crafty player, which I've obviously seen at training a lot, but um, yeah, it was different to have him playing, playing against him. Um, uh, that's but the, yeah, it was all, that's it was all good. He, he did well, kicked a few goals. That's good to see him. That's Willie that's Rioli, that's who, the wrong who one. will not be playing this no, Thursday. Just repeating. Because he is being sent back to Adelaide after reporting some illness, starting with a sore throat. So that stepped out of training on Monday. Now he's coming all the way back to Adelaide. All righty. We see if we can go to the right one now. Okay. This is Tommy Cole talking about Adelaide small forwards. <sighs> Mate. Good question. Every week, I've got small forwards that I've got to uh, that I've got to deal with. It was a lot nicer having Junior on my team, but um, a lot of small forwards are the same. They want to get you up the ground and work your back. So we'll have um, plans to, to stop each one. But yeah, it's not an easy job, mate. Every week, I uh, have some sleepless nights thinking about the forwards I got to play on. I reckon that'll be the worst position on the ground, nearly. Uh, the defender that takes the small forward. forwards. We saw Luke Brown do it for years. Ryan Burton gets the job a lot. I had a look at some of the highlights they're cutting up from the practice games at the weekend. Defender's job at the moment is not much fun. It's, you just have to slightly touch a forward and the umpires are calling mm. you out. Well, they are, Kim. I know. It's been that way for a while. It's meant to be a contact sport. Uh, let's get another one from Tom Cole. Mm. Uh, this is on the uh, Eagles and uh, their improvement for this year. I think every team just wants to move the ball quicker. So we've had an emphasis um, on trying to, you know, take the game on a little bit more and get the ball from our back half. Um, 
out of there quicker to our forwards. Forwards like it when the ball comes in quick. So I think that's a bit of a theme across the competition and pretty much every preseason. Most teams want to want to move the ball quicker because it's easy for your forwards to score. So we'll be trying to do that. Alrighty, this is Kimbo on the Roach. We're live from Studio Lumo USA. We're about to head over to India to have a chat to Bharat Sundarasan. What's he wearing today? Uh, he'd had the happy pants on. He's a very colourful man and he's part of SEN's cricket commentary team over there with Jared Waitley and a host of others, Roach. And uh, on the other side of the break, we'll hear from Steve Smith as well. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Two minutes past one. We're on a little early today between 12 and 2 because we'll be crossing live to India for the third test, which gets underway at Indoor. And a man that's living the dream, he's known as the Dave Grohl lookalike or the world cricket guru, Bharat Sundarasan, joins us from Indoor. Bharat, what are conditions like over there? Our conditions are pretty cool, to be honest. Uh, we are in India's uh, cleanest city, and they'll tell you that wherever you go in Indore, and understandably so, <laughs> it is pretty clean. Uh, it's a lovely, compact, uh, historical town, and uh, look, Australia need to set their record straight as well, uh, you know, after a poor start to the series. What they have in offer, I think, is a pitch which they shouldn't mind too much. Yes, it's a little dry, on the on the on a fuller land, but I really do think this pitch has some runs in it, and that's how they need to approach it. Have they let you close to the pitch yet, or are you still banned after the first test? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, uh, look, Roy Sharma did say that uh, he's going to put security guards all around me to make sure that I don't get to see the pitch. But uh, I keep telling him I find a way, Roy. If I find a way, uh, no, uh, it's been uh, it's been under covers. Uh, uh, for long periods, I have noticed that. But uh, it, it's it's there. Nathan Lyon uh, was the first Australian to arrive at the ground. He spent a lot of time uh, around the pitch. He had a chat with former India spinner Mudli Karthik, who's doing commentary. Uh, so now, I mean, uh, now Steve Smith, as we speak, has just walked out, padded up, and just he's giving the pitch a little look. But what Australia need to do is, at some point, at some level, just get the pitch out of their heads, and mm-hmm. you know what, Good just point. take on India and. Um, yeah, look, look at like you know, you play play like a team um, who are, have prepared well and planned well because they have. I mean, they had a very good camp in Bangalore. We spoke about that, uh, and they have a lot going for them. All right, what's the temperature like in the Indian dressing room, particularly between the captain and the vice captain? <laughs> oh yeah, it burned him, didn't he, the other day when he was asked about how uh, what his removal as vice-captain could mean. He did use the word removal. I was mm. a little surprised. I thought Rohit would play a little more diplomatically. But uh, I think more than the captain or the vice-captain, is just a electoral call. Uh, KL Rahul, as you know, has struggled for a while with the runs uh, in test cricket. And uh, for some, they'll say that they saw it coming, uh, that yep. uh, you know the time was running out for him. But we still don't know whether Shubman Gill does get the nod. You think he is? He was at training yesterday. Uh, but generally, um, uh, messages in India are sent very subtly. So the mm-hmm. fact that the last squad list arrived in our mailboxes without the BC next to KL Rahul should be a very strong sign. 
Barat, uh, have you heard any word on how Australia will line up? We've heard that Stark and Cameron Green may be back. We've heard they may go with three spinners. Mm. I'm not sure if they do that, the way they've been batting. I don't know why they haven't bowled Head and Smith a little bit more. The games probably haven't gone long enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Max hasn't gone long enough, and like especially when you play three spinners, and then to use Travis Head uh, is, is a bit of a stretch, but... Uh, look, I was here at uh, training yesterday, um, always, but uh, I think uh, Stark and Green are definitely playing. I mentioned okay. Stark was getting the ball to reverse release a couple of days ago, so that's confirmed. The question is, do they play the third spinner or do they play Scott Boland? And from all signs yesterday, it smells like maybe they're going to go that way where they play another steamer. Because we mm. saw in uh, Delhi as well, Kun- Kuhneman made a strong debut, but he hardly was used. Or, Often, he was used more than Todd Murphy, when maybe it was Todd Murphy who should have been rolling. Uh, Todd Murphy has carried a side strain into this, uh, or into indoor, but he uh, looked really good a couple of days ago, had a long spell and an hour and a half. He did not bowl yesterday, though. He was just uh, walking around having a chat with the selectors. Could that mean that, you know, he's in trouble? We don't know. Uh, I haven't seen him yet at the ground, which could be a sign. He's generally one of those eager people. He's always there. Uh, but yeah, we will have to wait and watch. But it looks like maybe they might go in with uh, the second teamer and Scott Bowling. Barat, your man in the commentary box with you, Jared Waitley, made the very strong point that the Delhi test would leave virtually a scar on the Australians. They've had a long time to see if it can heal. Where are they mentally? Uh, I think the fact that whatever happened in Delhi happened in the second test kind of helps because they had that gap anyway uh, of a week. Uh, which turned into a 10-day gap. So I think they've got time to just walk away from the game for a little while. A lot of them have had their partners uh, joining them, kids as well. So I think this is a, this is a pleasant break. After Nagpur, you could see that uh, when I saw them practice on day five, of, uh, or what should have been day five of the Nagpur test, I worried because he, they, they just looked a little shell-shocked after yeah. that, that yeah. first collapse. And then Delhi happens, and I think it's good that they've moved away from cricket. They wanted to train in Delhi. They couldn't find facilities, which I think, in a way, would have worked in their favor. And, uh, yeah, look, Pat Cummins has gone back home, and mm-hmm. our thoughts and prayers are with um, yes. his family. Uh, but with just Steve Smith, he just knows these conditions so much better. Um, he's captained here in Test cricket before. He's captained here in IPLs before. Uh, so he just has that level of understanding about these conditions that, uh, maybe a Cummins, as an inexperienced captain, didn't have. So uh, they just they just, they do look relaxed. I mean, in, in in a good space. So hopefully it shows not just in the first innings, but more importantly the second innings as well. And what's happening with Pat Cummings, and unfortunately with his mother who was in palliative yeah. care, it just may galvanise the side, mm-hmm. and we we may get a really gutsy performance from the Australians. Talking of gutsy performances, did you get to see England and New Zealand yesterday? <laughs> I did. Uh, I watched the last bit, and uh, there's just some something about Neil Wagner. He's such a prize fighter. Yeah. Every time New Zealand <laughs> yeah. has pulled off one of these miracle wins, he's been at the forefront. I don't know whether he writes saw pictures of his toes uh, after uh, after the game, and they were they didn't look very pretty, to be honest. But uh, now, what a great Test match! Uh, you know, only the second time uh, we've seen a one-run result, uh, and. Basketball continues on. And, and, and what was interesting is England showed that they aren't just one trick pony. I mean, they, it wasn't basketball yesterday. It was hardcore, classic test match cricket. Yeah. Uh, and it also tells the rest of the world that basketball is not just the only way forward. Uh, the, the kind of day we saw yesterday 
is remains as exciting as ever. That's what keeps this cricket so exciting. And like I, I, I am one of those who believes it's the greatest form of sport in the world. Is it the end of the follow-on though, Barrett? Uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? Like uh, <laughs> every time India and Australia play, we talk about follow-on. Yeah. So you keep going back to that uh, famous Test match in 2001, but. Uh, follow-ons always come with a risk, right? You're basically yeah. letting the the opposition they're giving them a second chance on a pitch which hasn't deteriorated as much as it right. would if yeah. you give them that chance in the fourth innings. If that makes sense, so that's always a risk, uh, and it, it backfired against England. But hey, they came within one run of winning. So in a way, you can say they almost got there. But uh, yeah, look, so many things could have gone the other way. The Harry yeah. Brook run out and Joe Root just uh, falling when it looked like he was going to take them home. And even bend folks towards the end. But I think uh, every time, uh, every time someone says, "Ah, oh, Test cricket's dying," it's not the same. Yeah. It, it's it's funny yeah. how one of these Test matches just pop up and True. remind us why it's so great. So Kim is keen for the Australians to level the series. You also got to keep an eye on that Test ranking order for the uh, for the mm. big final. Where does where does that all stand with Australia and India yeah. at the moment? Look, I think even though the Indians and the Australians are playing coy, I think more or less you'd expect them to play that final at the yeah. Oval. Uh, in fact, Rohit Sharma said yesterday, if they do win here, uh, India could even surprise Australia with a green top in Ahmedabad. I mean, I've never seen anything very green in Ahmedabad in my life, so that'll yeah. be quite interesting if that happens, just as preparation for the Oval. Uh, but as it stands, unless Sri Lanka beat New Zealand 2-0, uh, which, well, you, not many people are expecting to happen. Uh, I think these two teams, whatever happens for the rest of the series, should be safe the uh, home in that sense, and they should be at the Oval on June 8th playing that World Test Championship final. Just a quick air text came through. Mitchell Swepson, he went back to Australia early or not? Uh, he... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he 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 did uh, leave uh, when the second test was on for the birth of his child. But he's back. Yeah, well, he's back. He bowled okay. a lot yesterday. Uh, he he is back. Yeah, but I'm I don't think he's likely to play or come close to playing uh, in this match and maybe not in the next game either. Yeah, very hard to keep up with the Aussies that have been going back and forth out of that squad. Okay, <laughs> prediction for this test before we let you go: three days, four days, five oh. days. Uh, no, I think it's going to get into day four. I, I'm quite confident. I, I've covered a test match in, on this ground before. It's the kind of pitch which you can, like I said earlier, I mean, if you can just get the demons out of your head, you can score yeah. runs on this. Yeah. Um, and But I don't want the game to go into day five. It was a beautiful place and it's got some incredible street food, which I do <laughs> want to indulge in, both during the day and at night. It has a wonderful night street market as well. It's open through the night. So that's something we can... Um, indulge in even during the test, but I want I want to, I want to have uh, more of it. So day four finish should be classic, and hopefully Australia women you know come back into the series. Yeah. I still hey. think this is a very good Australian team. Barrett, can we end a myth or a fact here? We know that SEM sure. broadcasts the test matches, but they're also video casting because we have the vision of you in the press box or the radio commentary box. Is it true that they use your pants to test the test pattern on the video? Oh, Rouge, ball, ball. <laughs> is this true? <laughs> well, I, I think it is true. Yeah, okay. you're absolutely so you're the right. colour balance uh, There's just too much. 
I am because there's just so much plainness around me. I'm really? Sorry, sorry Adam, but like, yeah, I, can't, I mean, we need more <laughs> color Collins. in the box. So since <laughs> nobody else brings it, I just have to bring all the color. Well done. Oh, well yeah, done. very handsome man too. Love the hairdo. <laughs> hey, good on you, Barat. We look forward to your coverage. We'll be crossing back there at 2 o'clock yeah. today. <laughs> There he is, the great man, Barat Sundarasan. Nice drive by there too, wasn't it? Right on cue. Yeah, well, you've got one back here, I tell you, Rich. People are very quick on the text. We're doing who's going to win the Coleman medal this year in the AFL. And after that gag, this text has come through from Chopsy. Ruchi could win the Gary Coleman medal. Do you remember Gary Coleman? Yes, I do. What you talking about, Willis? Bill Cosby, was yes, he? Yes, for the worst sporting comedian. Oh, rightio. Thank you. Well, I only read them, right. Rich. <laughs> Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. I'm still full of the Holy Grail. 119, we're live from Studio Lumo. What's the SA. temperature? Uh, temperature is 21.3. 37 in Perth. Is it really? Gonna be hot for these games. Uh, we're going to hear from Josh Carr very, very Good. shortly. Uh, Port Adelaide take on Freo tomorrow, 6.40. You'll be able to watch that via KO. Fremantle Oval. Yeah. No stands there. Well, when I was with Dennis Cometti on the way back, gave me a bit of a you know history lesson. Of when you were on the way back from Italy. Yeah. And he tells me about Fremantle Oval, how it was weird going to play, because he was a West Perth player, because mm. they had no grandstand. And in still, the old days. Oh, no, oh, no, they, they redeveloped it, yeah. Right. We're talk- hey, we were talking history, we were. Okay, because the uh, Fremantle doctor would wreak havoc down there. Would you, would so. think. you would think. Uh, so. Roach, just updating that news on Billy Rioli. He's gone back, come back to Adelaide. Yeah, he's on his way back to Adelaide yeah, after missing training on Monday with a sore throat. So well, we've got an update on Ooh. that via the text from Glenn. Glenn Hello, says, Glenn. hi, guys, I hear Rioli has returned home. After drinking a bad batch of Gatorade. Oh, what's that suggest? What's well, a joke? I know, shot, I right, know, okay. I know. But what's he really suggesting? Well, I, th- I know. <laughs> it's just I a joke, Rich. All right, fair dinkum. You were born without a funny bone. Um, <laughs> you did crack a gag earlier, though. We're getting a lot of texts about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear from Josh Carr, assistant coach at Port Adelaide. Hey, he's pretty enamoured with Brian Teekel at the moment. Yeah, Teeks is tracking nicely for a guy that's you know, only been in the system for a half a year, really. You know, he's, he's athletic. Um, he's, you know, I think he's quite a late developer when it comes to his football. So, what is he, 23? I think there's plenty of upside um, for Teeks. He, he gets over the ground well. He, he kicks the ball really well for, for a big man. Um, he's quite versatile. So, um, you know, he's around the mark um, as far as, I guess, selection goes. Um, so, you know, it'll be... Uh, knocking the door down, um, you know, for round one and for the season, I'd say. What, what, is, what is happening with you? He's a ripping lad as well. What is I happening? corrected it straight away. But it's been all week. Do we have to do the concussion test? I've got a lot on my mind at the moment. Oh. Uh, there's a what? lot. There's Deciding a lot. how else you're going to ruin milk every morning. Yeah, no, no, apart from that, Roach. Hey, let's hear from Joshy about uh, Zock Butters. <laughs> yeah, I think the most likely Zach will play. Um, we've got... The captain's run today, but at this stage, it looks um, like Zach will get up and, and be ready to go. So, yeah, an AC joint. Um, obviously, you want to be careful um, with them. They can hang around for a fair while, but, um, you know, Zach's he, he's hard to hold back. So, um, I reckon he'll be playing this week. 
Any news on Freddie Dixon? <laughs> Freddie, Charlie. <laughs> uh, I can tell you uh, with our poll on Twitter about yeah. who will win the Coleman medal and Matt Rendell will give us his top five yes. after one thirty. Rooch. How was he with a kick and goal? Uh, no, he was a pretty good kick, mm. the big fella. He was pretty accurate, my recollection. Hey, Jeremy Cameron's hit the front 25%. Charlie Curlow, 24%. Tom Lynch, 12 Others are at 39%. Uh, I think mathematically that works out, doesn't it? Oh, there's another bit of news, which we were hoping for, actually, Kim. Because well, we didn't think, why would Travis Boat want to have a run against Fremantle after being cleaned up with that Jeremy McGovern moment? So it was he's pointless. not playing. Yeah, and, and they finished the captain's run there at um, wherever they're training, and he's yeah. not going to play. And that's that, smart. That, that that's makes smart. sense. That no need smart. for him at his yeah. age to be getting out there. He's, he's fit enough. Hey, we'll go to a break, Roots, and we'll come back and hear from well, Josh Carr again. Don't worry, he's always fit, Travis Boat. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Nearly 1.28, 1.30 news coming up. Then the big fella, the list guru, Matthew Rendell, will join us. If you'd like to ask him a question, send a text 0427 154 It can be on anything you like. I'm sure he will have an answer. We have a poll going. He's going to give us his Coleman medalist, his top five. Uh, Charlie Kerno's gone back in the lead on our Twitter poll, Rooch. Who will win this year's Coleman medal? 23%, Jeremy Cameron, 22%, Tom Lynch, 12 They are the three names we put up. Then we have Other, which sits at 43%. Harry McKay getting a lot of love. Okay. Darcy Fogarty getting yep. a lot of love. Eric Hipwood? Eric Hipwood got two votes, I think. Okay. Charlie Cameron has two. We have a text, Ethel from Ethelton. Ethel is a grumpy woman. Mm, okay. Can you say that or human now? Grumpy person. I'm not sure where we go with a lot of these things now. Oh, a grumpy person. We'll play it safe. All right. Ethel says, if Dixon plays most of the season and doesn't win the goal kicking at Port, he should be out the door with Rucci. I don't know how you get bundled in with that, Rooch. not sure. Are you riding for Port this year again? I hope so. You are? Oh, deal not done yet? Well, we have an agreement. He signed? No. No, deal's never done until it's done. Well, I've never Rooch. signed an agreement with Port. Well, you need to start signing them. We live in a brutal world. Really? Yep. Speaking okay. from an that's been burnt before. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Get it signed, Rooch. Well, I like to do the handshakes. No, no, it doesn't cut it these days. I'm okay. sorry. It's this a new is fatherly world. advice, so to speak. You yep. Know, yep. Right. Yep. No, I'd rather you say big brother too. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that I want to be related to you. But then again, you are leaving me the mountains. Yes. Here's Josh Carr on what to expect against Freo. <laughs> yeah, well, we're expecting a strong team performance. So that's, that's what we're going out to do. It's, as I said earlier, it's preparing for, for round one and making sure that the performance we put out tomorrow is, is not far off what, what our best will be for round one. So... Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's you know, Freo's um, Freo's got a couple out, but um, I think the way that they play is um, exactly what we need going into round one. Now, Josh Carr would never tell a porky, but we've been asking everyone about what they get out of the preseason games. I don't think anyone tells the truth. Let's hear what Josh Carr had to say. Yeah, I think the first one against West Coast, that I guess round of games. I reckon most clubs really are. Are trying things and probably more so with you know, a number of players that they're managing, um, you know, not playing full game time. Um, and it's probably your first opportunity to, to put a, a game plan together against an opposition team that you've been working on over summer. Um, where this week um, against Freo and the, and the last game is really, um, you know, preparation for round one, um, playing your best team and trying to play the, the squad that will we'll play um, in round one.
Okay, we'll I, take, I'll take that back. He told the truth. Yeah, I think he's speaking pretty clearly on yeah, that one. But if they have a bad game this week, the language will change. Uh, I don't think you can run away from it. Mm. Not after what happened in the last preseason, Kim. They got that one terribly wrong you last year. You know what coaches are like? I'm not saying Port. I'm just saying in general. Yeah, I agree with you. They'll, because they won't want to go into game one. Yes, because they don't like yeah. to go in with negativity to round one. Fair point. All right, it's one thirty-one. News coming up. And then the big fella, Matthew Renderley, was up and about last week. Was he ever? Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. I'm still full of the Holy Grail. 1.35, Rooch, we're on the home straight at 2 o'clock. We'll be heading over to Indore in India for the third test to get underway between India and Australia. I uh, just saw James Fantasia walk past CEO of the Norwood very Football Club. Too. Yeah, he did. Very, very He's happy. a good man. I, I stood him in a game once. Oh, should I ask? Yeah, he came off second best. He did. <laughs> and uh, I'll cop a spray from that from our next guest, who rarely came off second best. He was one of the premier ruckmen in the yes. competition when he was captain of the Fitzroy Football Club. He was a cult figure at West Torrens for the couple of years he was there, especially after hours. Matty Randall joins us. Uh, good afternoon, fellas. Different time slot. And one more thing, Ruchie. <laughs> Here we go. Which, Hello. which other team has three All-Australians in their midfield? I want the putters out there to tell me. Three All-Australians in the midfield? Yeah, well, Port have. They've got three All-Australians, not current. No, well, three players have been All-Australian, okay. both Wines and Rosey, and I'm tipping probably another one at the end of the year, either Butters or Horn Francis, or probably maybe even both if they've great years. And I'm not writing off Lockie Jones. Okay. Who right. apparently is flying. So I, I this 10th, Midfielder doesn't stack up. I couldn't even. I couldn't think. Maybe Melbourne have got three blokes who have been all Australian in their midfield. Well, I'll tell you what, Matty, no, you've finished the same. You've finished the same last sentence from last week. You haven't missed on. a bit. He's up yeah, and have, about. Sorry, so I, you... just, well, I just thought of it this morning. That's do you like, like co-captains? Do you like co-captains at all? Oh, I don't really care that much. It's more about the leadership group for me. Right. Well, uh, anyway, Brisbane's sure got smoothly. Brisbane's got co-captains this year. Lockie Neal and Harris Andrews will be co-captains. Oh, they went Lockie Neal. Okay, so I heard this morning that it might have been McCluggage. I thought uh, uh, vice captain. He misses. Uh, no, he's vice captain. Yeah, I thought Lockie Neal have his nose out of joint there if he's not captain because he has pushed hard for it. Yeah, and he'll be a beauty at it. And they wanted Harris Andrews as well because he's born and bred local. So they, yeah, local. No, that's, a, that's a great mix. Uh, yeah, so decision. what you were talking about then was the article from Mick uh, McGowan, who had Port Adelaide's midfield at 10th, which I thought was wrong, Rooch. And uh, you were sort of uh, massaging that, trying to play down Port's midfield. And uh, the big Well, he's trying to play down their chances this yeah, year. Yeah, that's yeah. what he's trying to do. They're not a top-four side, Matt. Rooch thinks anything, if they make the eight, it's a, it's a bonus. They're not a top-four side, Matt. They made the top four with a lesser team two years ago. That's a true. lesser team. That's true. They are a better team now okay. with Finlayson, with Lockie Jones, with Josh Sin, with Horn Francis, with Orazio, with Willie. Yep. They are, and the maturity of Butters, Dersma, Rosie, and Marshall and Georgiadis makes them a heaps better team than two okay. years ago. We'll Can't argue with that, but has the, has the rest of the competition improved as well? True. Though? Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, most of them, uh, for most of them, um, perhaps St Kilda haven't. 
Um, trying to think who else. Maybe there'd be one or two others in the top 10 or 12 mm. who haven't improved, but most of them have. Hey, Matty, were you, uh, we threw this question at you. Uh, who's going to win this year's Coleman medal? Because it came up in conversation uh, off air. It's going to be a beauty this year. There's going to be some forwards that may stand up and surprise us. I'm not sure if a small forward will win the best, uh, will win the Coleman medal. We've been running a poll. At the moment, we've got Charlie Curnow winning at 23%, Jeremy Cameron 22%, Tom Lynch 12 and other at 43%. Now, we could only name three. There's been honourable mentions for... Dixon, Norton, um, who was it? Uh, Hipwood and uh, Harry McKay uh, and Harry McKay. Yeah, well, Harry McKay has got to be right up there, sure. Now you've done your top five. So, Can well, you start at no, number five? Well, no, well, I've, <laughs> I just had a, a five and it was that close last year for most of the year. And I think the year before, was it the year before? All the small forwards were right up the top. Yeah. It might have been the year before that. Uh, they had a bumper year, you know, Charlie Cameron, uh, Tommy Papley, but Tommy Tommy's sort of playing more in the bit more in the mm-hmm. midfield, so it wouldn't surprise me a small forward. But I thought the big four were obviously uh, Cameron, Kerno, McKay, and and uh, Lynch. But it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Joe Danaher, um, Ben King coming back. Uh, obviously, Max is going to be out of contention. Mm-hmm. I can't see anyone in Perth. I can't see anyone in Adelaide. Darcy um, Fogarty. Darcy Fogarty, nah. you got to mention it. Well, well, he's going to kick 40-plus. He'll kick two a week. Um, Tex, possibly, if he didn't have... I don't think he's possibly going to play all the games, but, you know, they'll probably rest him a week here, a week there. So. Come on, he's only playing full forward. Not like he's going to be stuffed <laughs> from that. Uh, uh, it's not full forward anymore. Oh, no, you, you, you've got to cover from the wing back, yeah. but, and he can do that. Uh, look, I threw it up. Another one I thought... Now this wouldn't surprise me if he if he won it was Jack Gunston, and my reasoning was Ooh. that he's going to get the third best forward every week after mm. Hipwood and uh, Dana take him. He's going to destroy most third, <laughs> most third tall defenders, uh, Jack Gunston. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has some bumper games and he's right up there as well. But um, I. I'm not particularly worried about the common medal. I'm more interested in the rising star, and I think probably most of the punters are. Um, Coming from Brisbane? There's a bloke, there's a bloke, there's a bloke there. No, well, he's favourite, but is he going to play every game? Is he going to mm. get a real good go in the midfield? I've, I've tipped a few people into a bloke I reckon is a massive chance, and he's 34 bucks, bet responsibly. But... Um, <laughs> Um, Finn Callahan at GWS is going to be in their midfield. I think he played five games last year because uh, he had a lot of injuries. But with, with Toronto and Hopper going out, he's going to get a lot of game time. And I'm telling you, he's a star. So he's he was picked two in the draft. And I think they might have traded up to get him. I'm not sure, but uh, he just re-signed with them. So if I'm having a little dabble, I'm, I'm taking Finn Callahan in the... Rising star. It was about 34 bucks last time I looked. Well, Bumfluff Benny's just getting on now. Benny, put 10 on for me, will you? It'll be down to 20s before we get <laughs> off uh, Get off here. Hey, I can't he's remember. A, he, he's so, like Josh Sin, but a bit more powerful. All right. So I like it. Finn Callahan. And, and if you had to pick one for the sake of the exercise for the Coleman, who would you pick? You can't have four. No, no. Uh, oh, look, I'm probably going to take Lynch. Because I reckon really? Jack's Jack's going to be... Uh, he won't play every week, Jack. I think um, Richmond are going to be really good. 
So I think that uh, the ball's going to get to Lynch a lot. I think if he plays all year, he's a massive chance to win it. I just, Where, whereas uh, Kerno and McCabe might cut themselves out a little bit. And yeah. maybe got, Hawkins and Cameron cut themselves out a little bit. Have you got Carlton in the top eight? Yeah. You have. Okay. Um, yeah. What's your view on Collingwood? I've got them out of the eight. And uh, what's your view on Dan McStay? Because there's some people that are right behind him and a lot of people are right off him. Um, no, they'll make the eight. I, I I don't think they'll make the top four. One one they've got a tougher draw, um, but it's marginal. The the flip side of it is they're going to be so much better prepared, um, you know, playing their way. And look, they got so many really good kids to come through if their defence holds up. But the real interesting one is Darcy Moore. So I've got a real feeling he's going to play in the ruck a fair bit. Um, He's their best defender. He's their best ruckman. He's their best forward. Uh, if he plays in the ruck all year, um, I think he'll, by the end of the year he'll be the best ruckman in the comp. Um, I think he's. I think he's. Uh, and if he plays all year in the ruck, I think he's a chance to win the Brownlow, and he's about five hundred to one. So, <laughs> That's huge. <laughs> um, but it's on the proviso he plays all year. But it just makes me think why they went and got Frampton. So well, Frampton. They're banking on Frampton taking his spot back there and they can use Darcy Moore wherever they want to because he's got that pace and aggression. He can mark the ball. He makes good decisions. Mm. Um, so really interesting time. So I think that makes him better if he's playing on ball there. So even though I've got him out of the eight, they could uh, got him out of the four, they could easily be in there. But you've got to think mm. Brisbane, Melbourne... Um, Geelong, Richmond, oh God, Bulldogs are so much better. Yeah. It's 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 the most exciting year we'll ever see. I thought last year was going to be the best in my lifetime, and it was. Uh, lived up to it. This one's going to be even better because it's there's so many. I've got about nine teams winning that oh, can win the flag. Yeah, I was going to say you got Port in the uh, top eight, so someone has to go out. I, I think it's yeah, Collingwood. Yeah. So, hey, a few texts coming through. I love it when you bang heads with the Roach, but this one says from Chopsy from Cheltenham. It's always good to have the football intellect <laughs> of Randall to counteract the average Michelangelo. Oh, Whee! <laughs> now Matt, as the yeah. Hall of Fame captain of Ruckman. Do you want to respond to Nathan Buckley saying Ruckman aren't worth anything? Mm. Oh, God, I, th- I thought this might come up, so I listened to that. <laughs> oh, God. How are you getting oh, on God, with well, Nathan, was... by the way? Oh, my God, he's hard work. <laughs> um, look, it was a bit of a... So, so it actually shocked me, and I thought, is he trying to rewrite history here? Because he was a party, the list manager was a party to agreeing to Grundy's contract, which mm. I disagreed with massively and told everyone who wanted to listen. Yeah. Not many wanted to listen. Mm. So I was happy to do five years at 800. Mm. And I reckon if they did that, he'd still be there. But um, I don't think he was ever going to come back to Adelaide. So um, he's saying he, he shouldn't be paying that much for your ruckman um, in your salary cap. Well, he was part of the, the group that agreed to it. <laughs> and I thought that would have been the Captain Obvious follow-up question from uh, Kane, Kano, the Captain <laughs> Obvious, he didn't ask it. So I, I think they've gone a bit easy on each other, those two blokes. So, uh, look, uh, but someone I did hear saying, well, you, 
Oh, it was Tim Watson, actually. Uh, when they had a discussion, came up the next day. You pay them what they're worth. Mm. If, they're, if five clubs want to, this bloke, his price goes up. It's market value. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but what I, what I do know from my time being there is that um, they used to get frustrated with him because they thought he'd played for himself too much. I didn't agree with it. Um, I actually did some work with him for a couple of years and I would talk to him about his game and all that. And then one game he came in and, look, they beat Bulldogs and he was really frustrated because he got smashed by the, the coaching staff. And I said, you're best on ground by a mile. What, what, what they smash you about? Oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. So I went back. So I did this exercise back in 1982 or 83 when I was playing uh, at Fitzroy. We did this exercise. So I did it again. So I went and counted up every contest he was at and whether he won and lost. And his win percentage was 70, 69% in this game. The Ruckman, I was at... When I was rucking back then, I went to a, I was at 120 contests in the game, far more than anyone else on the ground. Brody Grundy, ironically enough, what are we, 40 years later, mm. at, he was at 120 contests with probably a little bit less game time, and he won about 65 percent of those contests, and was influential in causing six of the 11 goals. Wow. He directly caused six of the 11. I'm going. And he didn't get the votes from the club at all. So there was a little bit of frustration from the coaching staff from Brody Grundy there, but they still signed him to a massive contract. Weird. And that, that, well, that is weird. And, and now, here we are, he gets traded and everyone's saying, well, we didn't want to do that. Well, give me a spell. Matty, you've been solid gold today. We need to get to a break because we have to get to India. You've been absolutely brilliant. Tom Lynch to win the Coleman, Finn Callahan to win the NAB Rising Star, and Darcy Moore to win the Brownlow at 500 to 1. People will be retiring <laughs> after today. That up. Good on you, <laughs> Matty. <laughs> Love you, big fella. We need to get to a break. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Almost done, Roochie Rooch Rooch. We've got uh, 60 seconds left. The music will start playing in the background. Uh, Going to India. Yes, we're going to cross there for the start of the third test. Big show coming up tomorrow. Nathan Bassett will join us live from WA before they take on Fremantle and a solid hit out. We'll cross to India again tomorrow. Hopefully Australia wins the toss. But as our uh, panel operator, Brendan Lyons, who loves his cricket, said if India wins the toss, this game will definitely go for three days. They'll bat two days. Adelaide United ahead of their clash against Melbourne City and Nat Hurst before Lightning play their last game of the season. So a good show coming up tomorrow. We'll be on air from 12 right through until 2 o'clock. Have a great Wednesday afternoon. Enjoy your day, everyone. Bye-bye.